Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. What in the world is he doing now? I am referring to none other than our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been in a series on this podcast. I've entitled, Who is Jesus? And through these several podcasts, we've found that he is the pre-existent, eternally existing God of very God. We have found that he is the one who came to this earth and became fully human while also being fully God. We've talked about the fact that he is the one who had a very fruitful ministry, an extensive ministry during that three-plus year time frame uh, on the earth. And we finished up the last podcast by talking about the fact that he is the risen Savior. He is the one who conquered death. And we saw him ascend back to heaven. And that is where we pick up today. And we begin to answer the question, what in the world is he doing now? Let's start, though, in Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, where we again see his ascension. The Bible says, After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. Can you imagine it in your mind's eye? Can you see them, uh, the disciples, uh, the followers of Jesus that are there in, in that moment watching Jesus literally ascend off of the earth and ascend up into heaven, up in, out into the, uh, into the clouds? And can you see them staring intently, gazing intently up as they watch this, the one who they love so much, disappearing out of their sight? And then they look around, and here are two extra people, uh, men in white clothing, uh, uh, potentially angels sent there. And they say, why are, you, why are you staring up here like this? This same Jesus, this Lord of lords and King of kings, this God-man who uh, you're seeing go away up into the clouds, is going to come back again in the same manner. Oh man, what a wonderful promise. Uh, not only did it assure them and comfort them in that moment, but it has assured followers of Christ through the last uh, 2,000 plus years. But that takes me back to a passage of Scripture in the Gospel of John where uh, Jesus on the night before his death is talking to his disciples. And he says in John 14, 1, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In other words, I am God, and you can trust trust me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so here is the Lord telling them uh, that he is going to go away, but he's going to go away with a purpose. He's going to go pre to prepare for them a place that they will live with him forever, that they'll live with him eternally. And he said, when I get that place repaired, I'm coming back to get you. 
Now, that is a promise that the church has held on to, again, for the past 2,000 years. And as Jesus has fulfilled every prophecy to this point, as he has uh, fulfilled every promise to this point, he will, again, fulfill that promise. And so what is Jesus doing now? Uh, he is in the Father's house, and he is preparing a place for us in the Father's house. What a blessing with the promise that he's going to come and receive us uh, back to himself so that we can be with him. And that's what that's what heaven is. That's what the future is. That's what eternity future is all about. It is being with God, being with Jesus, being in uh, perfect relationship with him forever, no end. What a thought. What a, what a blessed thought that is. But let's see what else he is doing uh, right now in his current ministry, even as we uh, are at this moment. Uh, the scriptures teach us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, that he is, that Jesus is the head of the church. Listen to this. He is also head of the body the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. So uh, the scripture said that he is operating right now as the head of the church. He's the beginning of the church. Everything begins in, in him in terms of the church. He is the firstborn from the dead. What that means is, uh, one, he is the first one to ever be raised from the dead and not ever die again, to be raised forever from the dead. You know, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he, he died again. And, and there have been other uh, accounts of other people being raised from the dead in the scriptures, but uh, they, they had that sad reality of going back through death's door again. Jesus is the first to be raised from the dead, and he is the one that is the head, currently the head of the church. Now, the head, as you know, in the body, uh, controls everything. Uh, the, 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 the brain is, is the control center of the body, and Jesus controls everything. He is the authority in his church. He is the one who controls everything. He is the one that leads his church. He is the head head of the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, it says, even For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. And then verse 27 says, Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And so we are a part of the body of Christ, and uh, we're all individually members of that body, and Christ is the head of that body. That's part of his current ministry. Speaking of that body, something else that Jesus is doing, he is building his church. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, uh, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter and his disciples, and, and, and he's asking them, who are currently did, did men say that he is, and got various answers. But then Peter, under the, under, under the uh, leading of the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
God. And Jesus said, I say to you, you're Peter, you're small stone. And upon this rock, this large rock himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that he says uh, the gates of hell, hell was a, an expression uh, um, that, that uh, in that time meant death. He said, not even death is going to overcome this church. Uh, I am building my church. I think about that from time to time. In the past 2,000 years since Jesus has ascended, there have been all kinds of attacks against the church. Uh, there have been the attacks where uh, prosperity and, 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 and the possibility of watering down the message from within, uh, that attack has come. And then there have been attacks from the outside where they've tried to kill us and they've tried to wipe the church out. But in spite of all the circumstances, Jesus is building his church. It is his church, and he's building it. Acts 2.47 there on the day of Pentecost and afterwards, uh, the Bible says that, that day by day, uh, there were people being saved as the Lord added to the church, as the Lord added to the church, because it is the Lord that's building his church. I'm not building the church. You, you know, I, I'm a pastor, and I, I founded a church, started a church in Baltimore, Maryland back in 1982, uh, but, but I am not building a church. I was not building a church. Jesus is building his church. We're simply uh, coming along, and, and he's allowing us to participate in in that action, but it is ultimately Jesus who is building his church. I am so thankful for that. And then uh, the, the scriptures tell us that he is our high priest mediator. In Hebrews chapter 3, uh, we are, uh, again, directed, we are told that, uh, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of, of the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful, Jesus was faithful to him, the Father, who appointed him. And so, Jesus has been appointed as our high priest, as our mediator. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, therefore he had to be made like his brethren, Jesus. Uh, and that means he was made as a human in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Propitiation just means to satisfy the righteous demands of God. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. And so he was appointed as our high priest, as our mediator. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, the word says that there there's only one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He is our mediator. He's the one that goes to the Father on our behalf. And right now, in heaven, only one priest, that is Jesus Christ, only one high priest, only one mediator, only one intercessor, uh, one who speaks to the Father on our behalf. We would be in great trouble if it weren't for this high priest who shed his blood, who who is appointed to this place, who mediates for us, who stands between us and God, and we can come to the Father in the name of Jesus by the, the, the way of Jesus Christ. We have access to the Father through Him, and that is an ongoing thing. He is our eternal high priest forever. He will stand between us and the Father. Well, let me just wrap this up by saying Jesus is our shepherd. Uh, everybody's familiar with Psalm 23, uh, where uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, but are you familiar with First uh, Peter 5, 4, where he is called the chief shepherd? Are you familiar with John chapter 
10 where Jesus declared, I am the shepherd. And and he said that my sheep know my voice. And he says, um, I, and I, and they follow me. And he says, I keep my sheep and they will never perish. Read John chapter 10. What a powerful chapter as we consider Jesus as the one who leads us, who protects us, who guides us, who feeds us, and who keeps us, who keeps us forever. He is our shepherd. Well, well, I'm so thankful for the current ministry of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you are too. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.